was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds. Zapped into old radio shows the kind you might never have heard. Now she should probably be trying to get out But Madison, she's having fun Living an old-time radio life Our explanation is done Madison is on the air The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes And now let's look in on our good friend and host, Dr. Watson Oh, not again. You know, folks, perhaps we should skip our chat with Dr. Watson this week. You have other things you could be doing, right? <laughs> when was the last time you cleaned your oven? <laughs> hey, look who's back! Yes. Uh, hello, Miss Standish. Dr. Watson is out of town again? Yup. You'd think maybe he would have mentioned it to me. I told him not to. I wanted it to be a surprise. Did you now? Uh-huh. And he knows you love hanging out with me. Come on inside. I have an amazing Sherlock Holmes adventure to tell you. Dr. Watson's dogs, they're, um... He went to the country this time, so he took them with him. I'm sorry. I know you had so much fun with them on your last visit. Yes, fun. Come on, sit down. Oh, not on the sofa. Come here to the table. It looks like a regular gambling house in here. I know, right? Sherlock and I went to the French Riviera to a casino. So I thought, you know, to get us in the mood for the story, you and I could play a little poker. Well, um, I don't have any money on me to uh, gamble. Not a problem. We're playing strip poker. Uh, pardon? And I don't mean to brag, but the Pikes from Pi Kappa Alpha, try as they might, never saw the girls out of the bra. Maybe this isn't quite appropriate. Don't worry, this is radio. The audience won't see the size of your microphone. You can deal as I start the story. All right, anything to get this over with. The adventure begins in the south of France in the year 1900. The French Riviera back then was like Vegas before there was Vegas, except without the rednecks and flip-flops gorging themselves at the buffets. In fact, everyone was really posh and dressed like they were going to prom or something. And the game everyone was playing was roulette. Um, how many cards am I dealing? First, we gotta ante up. I'll open with two shoes. Shoes? Come on! What, you got holes in your socks? Let's go! All right. Now deal five cards. Two you can look at, three stay face down. How about you start the story? Deal the cards. <sighs> okay, Sherlock and I were in a small casino. It wasn't Monte Carlo, so not exactly the clientele from James Bond. More like where all the Bond girls who aren't hot anymore go to still feel pretty by comparison. I was working this one wheel, and naturally, Sherlock was giving me a hard time about it. 23 Lost again, Madison? with that negative energy. If you want to jinx somebody, go after Miss Peacock Feathers over there. Thanks to her, there's a bird somewhere with a naked butt. Why don't you cut your losses and come for a stroll with me on the waterfront? 
No, no, no. I'm feeling it. This table is warming up to me. Ten black is gonna hit. <laughs> Madison, I think the blood of a gambler courses through your veins. I'd do better with another highball coursing through my veins. Be careful, or you'll deplete the south of France of all of its whiskey. If you're not gonna get me a refill, why don't you place a bet? Here, you can have some of my Napoleon chips. Those are Franks. Who's Frank? This is a picture of Napoleon. I know what he looks like. I've seen Bill and Ted. All the same, the law of averages convinces me that my money is safer in my pocket. In any case, I'm a little dubious as to the integrity of this particular casino. Pretend I'm not a thesaurus. Well, you will observe that this roulette wheel has a double zero. Most continental wheels only have a single one. This would indicate that this house is extremely concerned with its percentage. So, I should bet on double zero. That's not what I- Double zero it is! Thanks, Sherlock! Faites vos jeux. With your level of gambling skills, perhaps you should allow me to hold on to your remaining <clears throat> Napoleon chips. Why do you not stand on the other side of the table? Uh, why must you always stand next to me? Hello? What's the trouble there? Oh, man. Fights in casinos never end well. Their security is almost as good as Disneyland. <laughs> but the mob ain't got nothing on Mickey. You've placed your bet. Let's see what this is all about. Please, sir, uh, why do you play here beside me? I'm afraid I don't see any reason why I can't play wherever I wish. You have broken my luck ever since you've come to the table. I've done nothing but lose. Please to move away. Oh, move away yourself if you don't like my company. Heinrich, why you not stop now? You've already lost more than we can afford. I'm more through, Elsa. I can win it all back if only this young man would move away. Why should my husband move? He's had a run of bad luck too. Les jeux sont faits, rien ne va plus. Gamblers certainly are a superstitious lot. You want to try dialing down that pompous logic? It's deafening. Dix noir. You've lost again, Madison. Ten black? Dude, Sherlock! You totally tanked my bet! It seems you are not the only one with bad luck. Henrik, you must stop now. Please. Yeah, I must stop, Elsa. Because I have lost everything. I hope you're satisfied, Herr American. You've broken my luck and ruined me. I hope that you will be ruined too. Henrik, Henrik, wait for me. My, what a display. Were you listening to him, sir? Have you ever heard such rubbish? All night, I was playing ten black. And then you had to come along and screw it all up. Yes, I believe I have heard such rubbish. The brilliant Sherlock Holmes. You owe me a hundred Napoleon chips. Sherlock Holmes? Well, it's an honor to meet you, sir. My name is Gilbert. Roger Gilbert. And this is my wife, Helen. How do you do? How do you do? This is my... Uh... This is Madison Standish. Sup? Didn't you think that German man's remarks were a little bit out of place? No. Bad luck is real. My junior year high school, our football team was losing every game. Then one night, as my cheer squad was working our butts off to motivate the crowd, Brittany Romano tried to go into a back handspring, but didn't keep her arms straight, so she totally came down on her head and was, like, unconscious for two minutes. She went to the hospital, and after that, we came back and won the game. Madison, I really think that... Don't interrupt, you jinx. 
While she was on medical leave, we started winning. Then it was the playoffs, and she was finally able to cheer again, right? Well, we started losing. So, as cheer captain, I had to make the hard decision. Please tell me you didn't. Of course I did. The football team went on to win state, and Brittany eventually got most of her motor skills back. Thank you for that colorful tale. Go West Beverly High! But, if I may return to the situation at hand, I must admit I didn't like the look on that gentleman's face as he left the table. Mr. Gilbert, do you have any idea who he is? His name is Schrader. He's staying at the same hotel as we are. I've never spoken to him, but I've heard him being paged there. Well, he shouldn't gamble unless he can afford to lose. Exactly! Like, don't join the cheer squad if you aren't willing to put the football team first. I'm losing, darling. And I can't afford it. Oh, (laughs) but I can let you have more money. You know that. Ooh, married into money. You dirty, rotten scoundrel. Helen, I may have married an heiress, but I am not going to use your fortune to gamble with. I'll lose my own money, and then I'll quit. Good call. Save her bucks for buying yachts and investing in pyramid schemes. Mesdames et messieurs, faites vos jeux. Your last bet, Madison? Yes, and I'm going to bet ten black again like I should have last time. But, Madison, the statistical probability of the same number winning twice in a row... Never tell me the odds. I play the evens. Les jeux sont faits. Rien ne va plus. Come on, ten black. Onze noir. Eleven black? Oh, that's it, Sherlock. You've got bad juju. I've lost again, darn it. Helen, this is my bad night. Why don't you stop now, dear? Yes, Madison, I would advise you to do the same. Might as well. You've totally skunked up this table. I should have done to you what I did to Brittany, but I don't have a Gatorade bottle. Say, what's the commotion over there? It's that German woman with a crowd forming around her. Votre attention, s'il vous plaît, y a-t-il un médecin dans la maison? I wonder what the trouble is. He's asking if there's a doctor in the house. He said Maison. Madison, he's calling for me. Excuse me. Madison, that's not what... Excuse me. Excuse me. Move your butt, Cebu play. You called for Madison. I'm here. What's the problem? Vous êtes docteur? No, she most certainly is not a doctor. What's up? What happened? Madison, don't... It is my husband. The German dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just found him lying out in the garden. (laughs) Please, come with me at once. Of course we will, madam. What seems to be the matter with him? Oh, I I think he's dead. Oh, man. Then you don't need me. You need a doctor. Look, he's lying by that tree. Please, see if you can help him, please. I thought you said he was dead. What do you want us to help you with? Funeral arrangements? Somebody else seems to be on the scene before us. Who are you, sir? I am Monsieur Baudelaire, the director of the casino. Do any of you know this poor man? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I am his wife. Um, is he dead? I'm afraid so, madame. You are certain? <laughs> okay, out of the way. I'll take a look. I'm sure if Frau Schrader required a second opinion, Madison, yours is not the one she'd be seeking. Dude, there's been a dead person in pretty much every single episode I've done of these old-timey radio shows. And they say modern audiences are obsessed with crime shows? You people got blood on your hands. Was your husband gambling in the casino tonight, madame? Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he was. Panic. <laughs> oh, he lose everything that, that we have. 
Ah, yep. Toad's dead on our arrival. Look, he shot through the heart, and he's to blame. Fraulein, he gives death a bad name. A bad name? Suicide. That's my guess. Ach, du lieber Gott. Hmm, yes. Powder burns on the shirt front, revolver clutched to the right hand, fingers in an unnatural position, the angle of the wound settles it, obviously self-inflicted. I missed you as you slipped out of the casino. What's wrong with him? I'm afraid he's dead, Mr. Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he committed suicide. Oh, I hope, young man, that you are satisfied. All night you brought him bad luck. He asked you to move away from him to change his luck, but no, you could not do it. Frau Schrader, I'm terribly sorry, but I really don't see how you can blame me. Dude, you could have moved. Instead, you doubled down like an election denier. I do blame you, and I also blame you. Monsieur Baudelaire. Me? But what have I done, madame? <laughs> why, why do you let a man lose all his money at your tables? Is life so cheap to you and money so important that you cannot close the tables to, to someone before he's ruined? Madame, I have all sympathy for you and your tragic loss, but the casino cannot be held responsible. If your husband cannot afford to gamble, then he should not come here. How are we to know the financial limitations of our customers? Yeah, gotta side with the French dude on that one. It's like blaming McDonald's for getting you fat. They just make the Big Macs. You're the one who ate them. Now I'm hungry. You say that your husband lost everything you had tonight, madam? <laughs> yeah, everything. Then how do you account for this sheaf of banknotes in his breast pocket? Dude, look at all that French dinero. Then he wasn't ruined. And his suicide, therefore, cannot be blamed on his losses at my casino, madame. How do you account for this money, Frau Schrader? I do not understand. And Henrik, he, he kept nothing from me, you see. I, I know that he did not have so much money on him when he started tonight. So now why do you all look at me like that? I... Oh, no. She... She fainted. I had the same reaction when my ex-boyfriend said he couldn't help me with the rent, but then I found out he spent his entire paycheck on a hooker. We should get this poor woman to her hotel room. Not a cheap hooker either. One of those escorts. Like, I would have done those things for him if I knew he'd pay for it. Please, you can take her to my suite in the casino. No, let's take her to the hotel. The poor woman, she's had a dreadful shock. My wife will look after her. That's very considerate of you, Mr. Gilbert. I don't know if it's considerate for him to volunteer his wife without asking her. Where are you staying? At the Hotel Crayon. It's quite near here. I'll get a cab, and while I'm doing that, Madison, see if you can revive her, will you? Sure. Us women are just here to serve. But this time I'm charging escort prices. It's very kind of you, Mrs. Gilbert, to let us bring the poor lady into your suite. Like she had a choice? Well, it's the least I can do, in spite of what she said about Roger bringing her husband bad luck. I'm sure she'll need your help when she wakes up, Helen. I slipped her a Xanax I had in my purse. That should knock her out for a while. Madison, perhaps you should refrain from prescribing medication to anyone. Oh, please. It's 1900. You treat syphilis with mercury. In my day, I got penicillin. 
thanks to that escort. My wife and I were just about to have a drink. Would you two care to join us? Oh, thank you, sir. Dude, read my mind. What you got that'll hit hard and fast? And Kibby mixed with Xanax. I took a couple myself. I'll see what we've got. Roger was just telling me that quite a large sum of money was found on Herr Schrader's body, Mr. Holmes. Oh, yes, Mrs. Gilbert. Several thousand francs. But I thought he'd lost all of his money, and that's why he committed suicide. One of my sister's hamsters committed suicide. He had a warm bed of wood shavings, a wheel to run on, a never-ending supply of food nuggets. But I guess it just wasn't enough for Squeaker. I think the answer is obvious, Mrs. Gilbert. He didn't. Didn't commit suicide. Didn't have a large sum of money. Uh, yes he did. You were the one who found it. Dude, Sherlock, did you grab one of my Xanax? <laughs> what I mean is, the money was placed there after he had shot himself. The banknotes were in his breast pocket, a highly unusual place to carry money, although it is the easiest pocket for someone to insert the money into without disturbing the body. But why on earth should someone place the money on him after his suicide? To prevent the casino from getting a bad name. I've heard of it being done on several similar occasions. It gives the impression that the unfortunate victim had other motives than gambling losses to account for his suicide. So one of the casino employees found the body lying there and put the money in his breast pocket? I'm not a gambling man, but I'll lay you a hundred to one. That is what happened. Not surprising. When I did Applebee's, this guy had a heart attack. My manager quickly slipped a grilled chicken tender salad on his table so it wouldn't look like the heart attack was caused by his four servings of baby back ribs. Well, that's a new one for me. Anyway, Mr. Holmes, here are your drinks. Thank you. Ooh, this'll ease me into unconsciousness quite nicely. Thank you. Say, Helen, Herr Schrader has given me a brainwave. Another one? What is it this time, Roger? Now, I've been losing very heavily tonight. Ditto. No thanks to the great louse detective. As you may recall, Madison, I encouraged you not to gamble at all. Wait, listen. This is a great idea. What do you think of my going down to gamble again tonight? And after I lose, I stain my shirt with red ink, walk out on the grounds, fire a shot, and lie down as though I'm dead. Roger, whatever for? Don't you see? I just need to lie there and wait for a casino employee to come along and stuff my pockets full of banknotes. Then I haven't lost it all. (laughs) (laughs) Roger, you're not really going to do it, are you? Dude, that is freaking brilliant! I faked my own death tons of times to get out of math tests, but never thought of doing it for money. Damn it! (laughs) My dear Madison, you'll have to sell matchsticks in Piccadilly Circus to make up for your gambling losses tonight. I'm not ready to tap out yet. I can tell you a really infallible way of making money at roulette. Really? Let's hear it. Simple. Own the gambling house and operate the tables yourself. The odds would be all in your favor. Next, you'll tell me the surefire way to make it in Hollywood is to have a famous parent. Mesdames et messieurs, faites vos jeux. About done gambling tonight, Madison. It's almost 11 o'clock. A few more minutes, and then I'll try that faking a suicide idea. Then you'll be gambling that your acting skills are better than your gambling skills. Just don't investigate my death too closely and give away the ending before the payoff. 
okay? By the way, the young American, Mr. Gilbert, was losing heavily again tonight, too. Is it really losing if you have a sugar mama to pick up the tab? Perhaps without any real risk, his interest in gambling cooled. I saw him leave the tables about half an hour ago. Ooh, speaking of the bottomless ATM, here comes Mrs. Gilbert. Yes, and on the arm of Monsieur Baudelaire. Les jeux sont faits, rien ne va plus. Good evening, Mrs. Gilbert. Monsieur Baudelaire. Bonsoir, monsieur. Hello again. 34 rouge. Damn it! Oh no. Losing again, Miss Standish? Watch out, Sherlock. She's so perceptive, she might put you out of the detective business. <laughs> you should cut your losses and join us. Monsieur Baudelaire has been giving me a personally conducted tour of the casino. It's quite fascinating. And it is quite fascinating for me to have so beautiful a woman on my arm, mademoiselle. <laughs> I know I am the envy of all the men in the room. Oh, <laughs> stop flattering me so much. I'm not used to it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. How's your husband, Mrs. Gilbert? Roger, isn't he here? Oh, uh, no, Mrs. Gilbert. He left the table some time ago. But tell me, how is Frau Schrader? She seems much better. She awakened an hour ago and insisted on going back to her own room. I wanted her to spend the night with us in our suite, but she wouldn't hear of it. Faites vos jeux. Have you finished gambling for tonight, Miss Standish? Uh, yeah. Couldn't catch a break. Darn it. I lost a lot of money, and I'm really bummed about it. Like, really bummed. You shan't be expecting any calls from the West End for that performance. You remember I'm carrying a gun, right? Oh, I am so sorry for your unfortunate luck at my tables. Yeah, breaks your heart to take all my money, doesn't it? Mrs. Gilbert! Mrs. Gilbert! Frau Straight, a shame on you. You shouldn't have left your hotel. It is too late to worry for me. It is for Mrs. Gilbert now that you should worry. What, what do, do you mean? mean? Oh, good. I'm not the only one that thought what she said got lost in the translation. You see, I, I went back now just to where poor Henrik died and there, lying in the grass. I saw another body. I was too shocked to go too close. I, I am quite sure that I recognized... Your husband, Mrs. Gilbert. Oh, Mr. Holmes, Roger must have gone through with his little scheme. Damn it, I was gonna do that. We can't have a third suicide in the courtyard. It'll look like Heaven's Gate saw another comet. Let's go at once and find out what exactly happened, shall we? Now the only way I can make back my losses is by stealing all the bagels from the hotel's continental breakfast. There he is, lying in the grass. Strange that he wouldn't have gotten up as soon as Frau Schrader discovered his performance. He's like a stand-up doing his whole set to the waitstaff. He got his stage time, and he's gonna use it. It's a most convincing spectacle. That red ink really does look like blood. Yes, and blood sometimes looks like red ink. Mr. Gilbert? Roger, get up. The joke's spoiled. Roger, get up. I'm afraid that's impossible, Mrs. Gilbert. He's dead. Okay, I'll admit, that's a level of commitment I wasn't willing to give to the role. If you produce audio dramas, it obviously isn't to become rich and famous. You love the medium, and you want to share your passion for theater of the mind. The Mutual Audio Drama Network is looking for you. 
Mutual presents audio dramas every day of the week, each with its own genre. Mystery, sci-fi, comedy, horror, all reaches of the imagination. It doesn't matter if you produced your shows years ago or are still cranking them out. Share them on the world's largest collection of modern audio drama and audio fiction. Give a listen at MutualAudioNetwork.com. And if you'd like to be a part of the excitement, with free access to all sorts of voices, sound effects, music, and more, just drop a line to mutualaudio at gmail.com. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Why not join us today? Come on, it's your call. Do you think we could put another log on the fire? I didn't tell you to go all in with your cardigan. I was thinking more of my pants. <laughs> Sherlock says I'm a bad actor, but I've managed to bluff you on like five hands. Truth be told, I had you pegged as a boxer's guy. <laughs> Maybe we should just call it a night before frostbite kicks in. You don't want to know what happened? The German was dead, the American was dead. Incredible story. Thank you for sharing it with us. No, wait. This is what it starts to get good. Very well. But before you go on, could I maybe borrow that blanket from the couch? That would be cheating. You don't want me to tell Dr. Watson that you were cheating at cards, do you? If it prevents pneumonia. It's not that much longer. We're already in the second act. Deal it up, and I'll continue the story. I can't feel my fingers. Okay, so right after we found Roger's body, they called for the local police, and this inspector dude showed up. Monsieur Holmes, you have concluded your examination? Yes, Inspector Garnier. I checked him out, too. Will you favor me with your observations? Sure. The, um, lack of breathing on the part of the person in question, in conjunction with the excessive amount of blood outside rather than inside said person... Uh, I believe the inspector was addressing me? Oh, what's to observe? Dude's dead. Roll the credits. Monsieur Holmes, you say that you are certain that this is not another suicide? I'm sure of it, Inspector. Look at the wound. The bullet entered the body at a direct right angle, whereas a self-inflicted shot is always fired obliquely. Then you suggest that this man was shot from above as he lay on the ground pretending to be dead? I'm convinced of it. I'm not. I didn't see him pretending to be dead, so I'm not sure his performance was convincing. I think I agree with the mademoiselle. Ha! Well then, allow me to explain. You can never not be right, can you, Sherlock? I will give you two reasons. Though it's impossible to be sure without a laboratory test, I'm certain that beneath those bloodstains are stains of red ink. Look for yourself, Inspector. We indeed, it does look like it. What is your other reason for being certain this man was shot here as he lay, pretending death? Show him the banknotes, Madison. Here you go. Five hundred francs. Five hundred? Madison. Oh look, another five hundred in my pocket. (laughs) Must have gotten stuck. Hardly valuable currency any longer. You'll notice the bullet hole through the middle of them, Inspector. How many people know of this little plot you have told me about? The plan of this dead man to pretend to be shot? Just three people, Inspector. Miss Standish, myself, and Mrs. Gilbert. If it was just you three who knew of the plot, then it must be the wife who killed him. What about Mrs. German, dude? She was in the other room when Roger brought up the whole faking his death plan. I'd given her a Xanax, but I've taken whole final exams on Xanax and tequila. I mean, I didn't pass the test, but that's really more about my epic lack of studying. Well, from what you have told me about her husband's suicide, she might have had a motive for murdering this man. Come, come, both of you. Surely it's obvious who murdered Mr. Gilbert. 
Who, Monsieur Holmes? <laughs> He's not gonna just tell you. He's gonna make a huge presentation about it. Bring in all the suspects, give you a bunch of red herrings. Ugh, talk about overacting. Well, thank you for deflating my dramatic moment. If you'd like to know who the murderer is, you'll find me in the casino. Sorry, Inspector. He's a total narcissist. But when people like that are useful, we give them a free pass. If you can wrap this up, I can go to bed. Well, Monsieur Baudelaire, now that we're all assembled in your office, I shall sit down quietly and let Inspector Garnier conduct his examination. I see what you mean. He is un canard. With a capital K. No, no, Monsieur Holmes. You have conducted the case so far. Please continue it to the end. Nice one. I haven't even had supper tonight. I just want to go home. I agree with the inspector. Monsieur Holmes, I should appreciate it on behalf of the casino if you finish the case. Very well, gentlemen. It won't take me long. Frau Schrader. Yeah, here, yeah, Holmes. At what time did you leave your hotel tonight? I, I do not know what time it was. I, well, what made you leave it? I, I could not sleep. I knew that they had taken poor Henrik's body away, but I felt that I must walk back. There, it, it was the last place I, I saw him alive. How close did you come to Mr. Gilbert's body when you saw it lying there? I came close enough to see who it was. And then I, I ran into the casino to tell his wife. I knew what had happened. I... How did you know? You just said you didn't come close to the body. He certainly drags us out, no? He likes to hear himself talk, almost as much as a podcaster. I could tell by every line of the body as it lay there. I I could tell because I I knew that poor Henrik's death would, would not be avenged. Thank you, Frau That will be all. You're free to go. Free to go? Monsieur Holmes, she has no alibi. Surely. Inspector Garnier, if I'm to conduct this investigation, I must do it my way. You may go, Frau Schrader. Thank you, John. Thank you. Yeah, try spending a whole episode with him. Mrs. Gilbert. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Where were you prior to our meeting at the casino tonight, just before we discovered your husband's body? After I left the hotel, I walked over here along the seafront. Can anyone verify that statement? I suppose not. I didn't meet anyone that I knew. And what did you do when you arrived at the casino? Why not ask her if she had eggs for breakfast? It's aggravating how he drags it out, isn't it? Like three movies for The Hobbit aggravating. I tried my luck at a few spins of roulette. And then Monsieur Baudelaire came over to the table and asked if he might escort me through the club. Ten minutes after that, we walked into you and Miss Standish. That is quite true, Monsieur Holmes. I can swear to it. Thank you, Mrs. Gilbert. I'm sorry to distress you with these questions. You may go. She may go? I'll wait outside, Mr. Holmes. I must know what happened. A few simple questions and another suspect is at the door? He's got to be getting to the murderer. We're running out of people. Wait for me outside, madame. I shall join you in a few moments and escort you home. Thank you, Mr. Oh, well, another suspect with a poor alibi. Eh, Garnier? Oui. I must say, Monsieur Holmes, your methods buzz on me, and your attitude is, how you say... British? Oui. Please, don't worry, Inspector. I've asked two of your plain-clothed men to keep an eye on the ladies. You give orders to my men? Wait till he reveals the murderer. Then you can have him deported. And now, Monsieur Baudelaire, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Ask me any questions you wish, Monsieur Holmes. Thank you. You will agree that it is the custom of this casino to put money on the bodies of suicides after their death. 
to give the impression that gambling losses were not responsible for the tragedy? Well, I, uh, I do not think... Oh, come now, Baudelaire. I know that is a fact as well as you do. You let him get away with it? Do you know how much paperwork is involved in every call we get? Somebody's up past his bedtime. Now, Baudelaire, on those rather gruesome occasions, whose responsibility is it to secrete the money? Secrete? Ew. To deposit or conceal in a hiding place? Madison, please, your interruptions are dragging out this whole affair. Oh, no. No, he did not. Not we. He did. Canard. Close. Oui, Monsieur Holmes. I put the money on the body myself. Did you place the money on Herr Schrader tonight? Oui, Monsieur, I did. And did you also perform the same service on the body of Mr. Gilbert? No, I knew nothing of that death until Frau Schrader came running into the casino. Excuse me for interrupting, Monsieur Holmes. Inspector, what is it? I think that you are wasting time. It is obvious that Madame Gilbert committed the crime. She knew of her husband's plot, she had no alibi, and she had the motive. What motive? No, no, no. It was Frau German Lady. Remember when she was over her dead husband's body and was like, By Grapdar's hammer, by the sons of Warvan, you shall be avenged. Oui, Monsieur Holmes, I remember that. No, you don't. And besides, Madame Gilbert did not kill her husband. I know it. How do you know? I was with her myself at the time the murder was committed. Indeed, how very interesting. And what time was the murder committed? Well, it was, uh, uh... Our investigations have never established what time the murder was committed, Monsieur Baudelaire. Oh, snap. I'm afraid you've walked into my trap. You've given yourself away. See, Inspector, he's good with the payoff. Baudelaire, I've known you a good many years. I cannot believe you would do this. To me! I'm going to be up all night filling out paperwork for your arrest. No, you're not, Gagné. Whoa! Dude's got a gun! Take him out, Inspector! Do not be frightened, Miss Standish. I'm not going to shoot any of you. Oh, okay. Feeling much better. Baudelaire, why did you murder Roger Gilbert tonight? Surely you know that too, Monsieur Holmes. Because I'm in love with his wife. Ooh, who had love triangle on their bingo card? Helen is young and beautiful and rich. It did not occur to me to do anything about it until I saw that young fool lying there, pretending to be dead. You see, in my profession, it is natural that I should carry a revolver. What could be simpler? Mr. Gilbert gave me the perfect opportunity. I could not resist it. Put down that revolver, Baudelaire. Why are you all so frightened? Surely you know how I'm going to use it this time? I think so, monsieur, but it's a coward's way out. What an unperceptive remark for such a perceptive man. No, no, all my life I have been a gambler. I gambled tonight for the highest stakes of all. And I lost. I am not afraid to pay for my losses. Au revoir, monsieur. So glad we came to the French Riviera, Sherlock. I'll always remember the beautiful sea, the glamorous hotels, and how I had to spend all night picking brain matter out of my hair. What an extraordinary case. I never would have suspected Baudelaire. I know, right? Like, just because Helen was nice to him, he thought if he killed her husband, what? She'd run away with him? That's delusion-level serial killer. Well, I guess it's time for me to go now. Don't you want to know how Sherlock figured out it was him? Can I start getting dressed while you tell me? Getting dressed? Dude, you lost your clothes to me betting at poker. You don't get them back. What? But I thought the game was all in fun. It was fun. 
I won all your clothes, and I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. It is cold in here. You'll have me go home through the streets of London without any clothing? Okay, I'll give you one chance to win all your clothes back. What do I have to do? Tell me how you think Sherlock figured out the murderer was Baudelaire. You said the banknotes had a bullet hole through them. Uh-huh. And Baudelaire admitted he always put banknotes on the suicide victims. Right. So, he saw Mr. Gilbert lying there from an apparent suicide, placed the banknotes in his pocket, then realized Gilbert wasn't dead, and stood over him and shot him, thus creating a bullet hole in the money. Well done! Here's your clothes. Where's my underwear? What, I can't keep a souvenir? Fine, keep them. Wait! You're supposed to ask me about next week's episode of Sherlock Holmes. I'll tell you about next week's episode. An announcer who comes to Dr. Watson's flat to hear stories about Sherlock Holmes, but instead is routinely humiliated by a young blonde girl, murders her, and no one ever finds her body! Spoilers! The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes aired from 1939 through 1950 for a total of 374 episodes. The series had several sponsors along the way, and our episode of The Double Zero was sponsored by Petri Wine. In order to weave the sponsor's promotion into the series, the show was bookended with Dr. Watson telling his adventures directly to the Petri Wine spokesman, simulating Watson's narration in the original Holmes tales. Of course, the sponsors on the radio series were definitely not subjected to dealing with someone like me. Hey everybody, it's Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, real quick. Sign up for my free newsletter to get previews and cool Madison stuff at madisonontheair.com. Now listen to our credits, you guys. This cast worked really hard. You should know their names. Go for it, announcer dude. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Albert Garnica appeared as Sherlock Holmes. Other actors in the cast were David Pinion as the announcer, Marnie Warner as Helen Gilbert, Sarah Golding as Elsa Schrader, Kareem Cronfley as Baudelaire, Andrew Chan as Roger Gilbert, Jeremy Sage as Inspector Garnier, Paul Arabisi as Henrik Schrader, and DeCosta as the Casino Croupier. I do blame you, and I also blame you. But Thomas, can you stop whistling? <laughs>